Let's all go to John, the 14th chapter. John 14. And verse 16, Jesus said this. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He was their comforter at that point. But he said, uh, he had told them he's leaving. And they were really upset about that. But he told them, no, you're not going to be comfortless without a comforter. You're going to get another comforter. Another means one of the same kind as himself. He, that he may abide with you forever. He's not going to leave. He's going to be with you without end. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Now the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and he's been here ever since. And all that will receive him and yield to him, he will be the most amazing helper that there is. Nobody is a better helper than him. Did you notice in this verse, Jesus keeps referring to the Holy Spirit uh, with personal pronouns. Uh, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. Neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. It is inappropriate to refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. Like an impersonal power or force. The Holy Spirit is a person. A knowable person. He dwells with you and shall be in you. Skip on over to the 16th chapter. And let's look at some other things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. 16. And verse 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. Again, we keep seeing the he. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. For whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Sometimes people say, well, uh, what about that Holy Spirit business? What is it? No, He, He is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is God. And He is the person of God present with us right here tonight. Amen. Jesus is here, but by the person of his spirit. His body is in heaven at the right hand of majesty, the throne of God. But the Holy Spirit, he's right here, right now. And he's in you 24-7. You believe that? And he is with us, not just to be with us, but with us to help us. He's the helper. 
And he talks about some of the ways he will help us. The Amplified uh, brings out the manifold meaning of that name. Uh, actually, the, the Greek word is uh, paraclete. That it means comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Well, every one of those is help, isn't it? If he comforted you, that helped you. If he counseled you, that helped you. If he strengthened you, that helped you. So I want us to begin talking this evening about how he helps. Is that okay with you? How he helps. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, please. The 12th chapter. While you're going over there, why don't you say it out loud? I have a helper. In fact, I have the helper. (laughs) There has never been a better helper, has there? There couldn't be a better helper than the helper you got. See, that's what Jesus was telling the twelve when he told them he's about to leave. And they were just, uh, you could say, panicky. And they said, and and they were, all of them saying, no, no, no. where are you going? Tell us where you're going. We'll go too. And uh, they, they said, we'll die with you, whatever it takes. And he said, no, now listen, guys. It's going to be better for you. Now, I'm sure that stretched their faith to try to believe that anything could be better than Jesus being with them in person. He said, no, it's going to be better with you. Better for you. That I go away. Because if I don't go, then the comforter won't come. But when I do, the Father's going to send him. Do you know there's no reason for you and I to look longingly back at the gospel accounts and say, oh, if I could have just, if I could have been with Jesus like Peter, James, and John was, that'd be the most wonderful thing. The Bible says we got it better. Better. Instead of just being around Jesus, we got the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, inside of us 24-7 all the time. Now that has not been real. To many Christians. Like it should be. But that's why we're talking about it. Because faith comes by hearing. And cooperating with him. And and accessing this help. Is is much more up to us. Than many have thought. In 1 Corinthians 12. We see a description. Of how. The Holy Spirit helps us. Some of the ways. He manifests himself in our life. In 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, actually the word gifts is added by the translators, it's just concerning spiritual things. I would not have you ignorant. He goes on verse 4 to talk about there's differences of gifts, but the same spirit, differences of administrations, are ministries, but the same Lord, diversities of operation, many different ways God operates, but it's the same God, which works all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to who? Every man. Not just a few, not just two or three, given to every man to profit 
everybody, not just profit you personally only, but to profit the whole. Sit out loud, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. And he's talking about every believer. Obviously, we just got through reading. Jesus said the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. So the, the unsaved, those that don't know the Lord, they're not experiencing this. But he's talking to the church at Corinth. Uh, keep reading in verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now, this is a manifestation of the Spirit, a way that the Spirit of God, manif- the word manifest just means reveal or show. The Spirit of God shows up in our life. He does things in our lives through these ways. One way is a word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Keep reading. To another, Faith by the same Spirit. Uh, Some translations say special faith. Uh, The Bible refers to what is called common faith. And that's a faith any of us and all of us can and should have that comes by hearing the Word. This is something else. This is something beyond in addition to that. To another, the gifts of healing. Now, healing's available to anybody that will believe God for it. But this is something else. God does some special things by the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another working of miracles. Anybody could believe God for a miracle. All things are possible to him that believes. But this is something else. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. These are ways the Holy Spirit manifests or shows up in our lives. If we're not experiencing these throughout the congregation, in our lives, sprinkling of them in our our personal life, then we're not receiving the full help. Of the Holy Spirit. Now it seems like folks get in one ditch or the other. Concerning these things. A lot of people. Don't believe in them. At all. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. They certainly wouldn't talk about tongues or interpretation. Or they wouldn't talk about working the miracles. Uh, Folks try to turn these into natural things. People have said well. Other tongues, that's people that are specially gifted to learn multiple languages. Gifts of healings, that's doctors and nurses. No. No, it's not. Thank God for doctors and nurses, but he's talking about something else. Every one of these are spiritual manifestations. Manifestations of the Spirit. Supernatural things. The supernatural how can I say this? Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, my father in the faith, said this oftentimes. I think it will bear repetition. He said, he said, many are seeking after the spectacular and missing the supernatural. Many are seeking after the spectacular 
and missing the supernatural. God is is everywhere if you know how to look. God is speaking if you know how to listen. But the people that don't believe in him, they can't find him. To people that don't believe in it, there are no gifts of the Spirit. To people that don't believe in it, there is no Holy Spirit. And they think that you and I are just excitable. Just goofy. That we're somewhere or another, we're deficient emotionally and intellectually. And we need this crutch of religion to help us through. But they're wrong. I said they're wrong. God is real. What the Bible talks about. You see every one of these manifestations of the Spirit. In the book of Acts. You see uh, all except tongues and interpretation. In the Old Testament. And in Jesus ministry. It is the way God shows up. In his people's lives. And he never changes. He's the Lord God. He changes not. He doesn't need to change. He was perfect the first time he did it. Right? He saw the end from the beginning. And when he did it, it doesn't need to be improved. So how many believe you have the Holy Spirit in you as a believer? Do you believe he, he, he is real and knowable? Let me mention some... uh, some things that the Bible says about him. You don't have to turn to all these. Just listen. The Bible said in Romans 15:30, it refers to the love of the Spirit. In Ephesians 4:30, it says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's not just some force like electricity. You can't grieve electricity. He's a person. In Isaiah 63.10, it talked about people vexing the Holy Spirit. He can be vexed. Hebrews 10.29 talks about doing despite or insulting the Spirit of grace. Acts 5.3 said Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about quenching the Spirit. So numerous things that uh, let you know the Holy Spirit is a person. He responds as a person to what we do or don't do. Now one thing I would say, people usually hear things like, you know, the Spirit's grieved. And some have gotten the idea that the Holy Spirit is flighty. He's ultra sensitive and touchy. That the Holy Spirit comes, he probably just comes to the back door and just kind of looks in. And after about 30 seconds, he goes, ah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I knew they were going to grieve me. I, I, can't, I can't work with this bunch. <laughs> that's not true. I said, that's not true. That is not true. In fact, he is very accommodating. He he works with us as much as he can. 
If he's grieved, there is good reason why. It's because we're not doing something we know better. We're violating light that we have. No. But he's knowable. You can learn to sense his presence. You can be aware of his communication. And you can be aware when he wants to do something. And find out what he wants to do. And cooperate with him. Do you believe this friends? Now this is not something a lot of Christians are thinking much about. But we should. I don't like the idea. Of the Holy Spirit. Wanting to do something with me. And I'm ignoring him. I'm not cooperating with him. Do you like that idea? I don't like the thought. Of us being in the churches. And us having services and doing things. And the Holy Spirit wants to say something. Or he wants to do something. And he just can't get us to cooperate with him. That we, we keep him waiting. Keep him waiting. Keep him waiting. And just never go along with what he wants to do. I do not want that to be the case. Do you? Well. If we never think about it. If we don't look, if we don't check, if we're not willing, then that would be the case. So that's why we're talking about it tonight. And you practice in private. I said you practice in private. And I'll just tell you already. Jimmy says, well, what if if we make some mistakes trying to yield to the Spirit? Let me help you with that. You will. (laughs) Don't be... So intimidated by this that you're afraid, well, oh, I what if I made a mistake? You are going to make some mistakes. But if you, never, if you never try, you're never going to develop at all. You're never going to learn. You're never going to grow. You, me, any of us. So let's be willing. I said, let's be willing yeah. to hear from him, to yield to him. And let's be willing to be corrected. If we get it wrong... And we see we got it wrong. Let's be willing to be quick to say, whoops, boy, I messed up on that. Sorry. That was just me. I made a mistake. But don't quit. How many think that these amazing athletes, what if some of the best uh, baseball players that are around, what if they'd quit the first time they struck out? Would they have ever made it to the major league? No. The, the football players, the pro players. I mean, the first time that the quarterback ever missed a, a pass, he got intercepted or whatever. Yeah, or, or, or the receiver fumbled the ball or what, uh, and they quit. They thought, well, man, I, I, might, I might drop the ball. No, ain't no might. You are going to drop the ball. <laughs> I might not complete a pass. Ain't no might. There are going to be some you don't complete, right? But they got enough confidence That even after some tremendous failures, they'll get up and hit it just as hard as they did before. we got to be like that with the things of God. If we make some mistakes, which we will, because of our imperfect knowledge, then uh, just be willing to say, boy, I I blew that one. But I'm going to hit this next one even harder. Right? I'm going to give it my best. And if you'll do that, Month after month and year after year, you'll learn. 
we'll grow, we'll develop. You interested in this at all, friends? A lot of people don't know anything about this and they never will because they have no heart for it and they don't want to hear it. They're not interested. But uh, that's not us. I said, that's not us. We want to know. We want to know. Nine ways the Holy Spirit shows up in our life, he mentions in this chapter here. Let's go over them again. Verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The manifestation of the Spirit's given to every man to profit with all, to profit everybody. Verse 8. To one is given by the Spirit what? The word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. Keep going. Faith. Gifts of healing. Keep going. Working of miracles. Prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Different kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. All these work at that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally. That word means individually. As he wills. Who can have these manifestations in their life? He said he divided to every man. Any of us. All of us. Now some of these are going to be more prominent. And more pronounced in certain ministries than others. But it's not that just a few super spiritual people can have some of these. Whether most everybody does not know. All of us are supposed to be having some measure of these in our lives. One of the big problems is folks not even knowing what they are and not knowing to look for them. The Lord gave me three words concerning the Holy Spirit and three words concerning his manifestations that we'll be talking about. One is respect. We must reverence or respect the Holy Spirit. If you're going to have these in your life, This is the beginning of it. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Reverence. We must reverence him. That doesn't mean you're depressed when you think his presence is there. Depression is not the same thing as reverence. You can have a good time. You can have joy, but still be very respectful. Right? If the Holy Spirit wants to say something, what should we do? We should be very respectful. If the Holy Spirit wants to do something, what should we do? We should defer to Him. Right? Me, you, all of us all the time. We should respect and reverence. Secondly, we need to recognize Him, that it is Him. When He wants to say something, when He wants to do something, we need to recognize How he moves. That's what we're talking about right now. These are nine different ways we know he manifests himself. And then thirdly, when he does say or do something, we need to respond to him. We need to yield to him. Another way of defining yielding is acting on the promptings or urgings of the Holy Spirit. If he prompts you to do something, what needs to happen? We need to respond. We need to do it. Respect, recognize, respond. I want us to get right into talking about how he manifests himself, looking at a couple of these. Let's look at the the first couple in the list here. You interested in this? In verse 8, 
To one is given by the Spirit, what? The word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. Now, it would help us if we would not just make up names for these, but we'd call them what the Bible calls them. You hear sometimes people saying, well, God has given me the gift of wisdom. That's not what he said. There's no reference to the gift of wisdom. Well, God's given me the gift of knowledge. There's no reference to the gift of knowledge. What did it say? Word of knowledge. Very important. People say, well, God's given me the gift of discernment. No such gift is referenced in the scripture. It's discerning of spirits. And what did the first verse in this chapter, what did it say? The first verse? Concerning spirituals, brethren, I what? Verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1. I would not have you what? Anytime the Lord says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, why would he say that? Because there is gross and pervasive ignorance about it. (laughs) Right? That's why he wouldn't be talking to you about it. And I think, how many can see this is an area where there is tremendous ignorance. And I don't claim to know all about it. I've learned a few things. And I'm believing to learn much more. How about you? Let's believe together to learn more about this. What is the word of wisdom? And what is the word of knowledge? You can group these manifestations into three different groups. Three of them reveal something. Word of wisdom reveals something. Word of knowledge reveals something. Discerning of spirits reveals something. Three of them do something. Working of miracles does something. Gifts of healings do something. Special faith does something. And three of them say something. Tongues say something. Interpretation of tongues says something. Prophecy says something. Three of them reveal, three of them do, three of them say. So when the Holy Spirit wants to say something to us, three of the ways he does it, tongues, interpretation, prophecy. When the Holy Spirit wants to do something in our midst, three of the ways he does it, through gifts of healings, working the miracles, special faith. When the Spirit of God wants to reveal something to us, Three of the ways he does it, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning the spirits. A word is a fragment of a sentence, right? It's not a sentence of knowledge. It's not a paragraph of knowledge. What is it? It's a word. It's a word. The word of wisdom is not some profound, extraordinary wisdom that a person has compared to somebody else that they operate in 24-7. It's not ability to learn scholastically. The word of knowledge is not the ability to have multiple degrees and be super intelligent. It's got nothing to do with that. All of these are supernatural, not natural. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit, he's God, he knows everything 
about everything. Is he going to tell you everything about everything? No, you don't need to know everything about everything. You wouldn't know what to do with the knowledge of everything about everything. But there are some things we need to know. Some things the Spirit of God would let you know that he knows. How much of it is he going to give to you? A word. A word of it. A revelation of it. Let's look at some examples of word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Look with me in uh, 1 Samuel, the ninth chapter. Saul and uh, his traveling companions had gone looking for some lost donkeys. You remember reading about that? They couldn't find them. They looked and they looked and they looked. And finally, one of the guys said, you know, there's a man of God lives over here. And he knows things. And, and when he says things, they come to pass. Well, how, how could a man of God know things? Supernatural. A word of knowledge. God would reveal something that he knows to a person that that person did not learn through natural means. Now, word of wisdom has to do with things pertaining to the future. Knowledge is things of present and past. But wisdom can even have to do with revelation of the plan of God and the purposes of God and things that are coming up. I mean, the Lord's not going to tell us everything that's coming up, but things that pertain to his plan and things that pertain to his will, he would reveal some of these things to us. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to show us things to come, isn't it? So wisdom would have to do with things pertaining to the future. And knowledge has to do with things pertaining to the present and or the past. Let's keep reading here. Verse 15, the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send a man out of the land of Benjamin, and you'll anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. Now stop right there. They've never met. The Lord tells him this is going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> right? He's going to meet this guy. And that's the guy he said that I have selected to be king. How could you know this? How could you know? And of course the next day, sure enough, here these guys come. Now they think they're just still looking for donkeys. How many know the Lord can be leading you? You not even realize he's leading you. And God can set up things for you and, and you didn't even know. You thought you were doing something else. In, in verse 18, well verse 17 rather, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, Behold, that's the man I spoke to you of. The same shall reign over my people. He had to tell him because he'd never seen him before. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray you, where the seer's house is. Saul doesn't know he's talking to the seer. He asked him where the seer's house was. And Samuel said to Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that's in your heart. For as for those asses that were lost three days ago, set not your mind on them, for they are found. 
Now when the Lord tells Samuel tomorrow, you're going to see a man, and that's the man I've picked. You're going to anoint him king. What would that be? That's a word of wisdom. That is the Lord revealing to him something that's going to happen in the future, something that's part of his plan and purpose, the mind, the wisdom of God. Now when he tells him, those donkeys you're looking for, they've already found them, and now they're concerned about you. What is that? That's a word of knowledge. Do you think the the man of God knew where every stray donkey in the country was? Does God know where every stray donkey is? Yes. Do you think he told him where every stray donkey was? No. Just a word. Because this is all he needed to know. And this pertained to him. Is it possible to know something nobody told you you did not learn by natural means? Is there somebody living inside you? Could he reveal a word? a piece, a part of something to you and cause you to know it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a wonderful and glorious thing. And it's something that all believers should be tapping into, should be having a a manifestation of here and there throughout their life. You don't try to conjure up these things. You don't try to imagine these things. You just learn to look to him. And you can't give yourself a word of knowledge. I don't care how hard you pray, how much you fast, you can't make yourself have one. They are distributed to every man individually as the Spirit wills, not as you you produce it. And God doesn't give a person the gift of wisdom, and then they just have this 24-7, they can use as they see fit. That doesn't exist. It's a word of wisdom. And God could give you one. He could give me one. And cause us to know something. That's coming up. You didn't learn it. No human told you. You didn't figure it out. It's not reasoning. It's not the result of superior intellect. Somebody else told you. Right? Be just like me if I said, hey, did you know that such and such is happening over here? And you said, no, I didn't know that. Well, you do now. Right? Well, the Holy Spirit is a person. And he can let you know things. Now, we said this, and I want to touch on it some more. Why, if this is so wonderful, and this is available to all believers, why does it sound so foreign and so strange to so many church-going people? Well, number one, it hasn't been taught for whole generations in churches. It hasn't been taught, and the leaders decide they don't believe in it. And if you don't believe in it and you don't want it, you will not be bothered with it. The Holy Spirit is a, a perfect gentleman. He will not push anything off on you. If you don't want to hear from him, you don't want to receive from him, you can do it on your own. But how many think that's a very foolish thing when you got the one who knows everything about everything in you? And another thing, though, is not knowing how he works and trying to make everything spectacular. I know when I first started in the ministry, that was my mentality. And, I, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to see things with my eyes. I wanted to hear things. 
I wanted to feel things with my body. And I'm looking, I believe God is real, but I want him to make it spectacular. And when people hear about supernatural and they hear about these gifts, I think they tend to think that way. But no, a word of knowledge can come to you so easily and naturally that you can dismiss it as your own thought. He's inside you. Now, try to picture this. I know this may be a stretch. (laughs) But your mind is not your brain. Your mind's part of your spiritual being that you'll have with you. If your body's buried, you still have your mind. Your, your brain's just the physical organ that your mind functions through. If my mind was in the same space with Bob and his mind, we wouldn't have to speak. If I thought it, he could pick up what I thought. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Bible talks about the mind of the Spirit. And you can pick up things from Him and it doesn't necessarily come with a lightning strike or a hot flash or a cold flash. Come on, are y'all listening to me? It can come just as naturally as a thought. It is a thought. It's just not, you're not generating it. It didn't come out of your mind. It came to your mind. From somebody who's already inside you. And what I've noticed again and again is that believers, myself included, I'm, I'm improving in this, have not paid close enough attention and have not given heed to these things, have not acted on them. Real simple. Has anything ever happened since you're a believer? And when it happened, you stomped your foot or some such thing and said, I knew that. I knew that. Why did I do that? I knew that. How did you know it? When you say you knew it, how did you know it? We're not talking about something you figured out. We're not talking about rationalization or calculation. Where's your knower at? Not your thinker, not your calculator, not your memory retrieval system, your knower. How many know that you can know things you never learned, you never heard? You just know it. How do you know it? How do you know it? The Spirit of God knows everything. He knows everything that has happened, everything that's going on, everything that's going to happen. He knows the plan of God for you. Jesus said he'll take of mine and he'll show it to you. Say it out loud. The Spirit of God God shows me things. Man, that was worth combing your hair and coming to church tonight. Right there. Wasn't it? (laughs) Say it out loud. The Spirit of God shows me things. Now, you're never going to become omniscient. You're never going to know everything. And you can't just try to be real spiritual and know everything about everybody. I thank God that the Lord loves me enough, loves you enough. He's not hanging out our dirty laundry for everybody to see. I don't care how much you want to know. 
And some folks that claim to have this gift and that gift and they're always saying this and doing this and and it's, it's just a bunch of junk. It's not the real thing. A lot of times people are fishing. You know what I mean by fishing? They'll go, I'm getting something about you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something. I'm getting something. And they'll look at you and go, what is it? <laughs> well, if you're getting something, you'd know what it is. There's a bunch of junk going on in churches in the guise of the gifts of the Spirit, and it's not. And because of that, a lot of people have said, well, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, maybe not that, but there's a real thing. There is the real. Don't throw away the real because of some people that are playing and toying with these things. Let's look at some more examples. 1 Kings 19. Elijah had a showdown with Jezebel's prophets. And after that went down, Jezebel sent word that she's going to kill him. <laughs> and the mighty man of God ran. <laughs> and uh, as he was out there in the, the wild, 40 days and 40 nights and, and longer, he came to a certain place in verse 9 and the word of the Lord came to him. And said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts and the children of Israel. They've forsaken your covenant. They've thrown down your altars. I, I, even I only am left and they're seeking my life to take it away. He said, I, I am the last, I'm the last man of God on planet earth. And they're trying to kill me. God, I'm your last man. <laughs> and, uh. Down in verse, let's see, uh, 18, the Lord said, I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed to Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. Was, uh, was the man of God right about him being the last one? He was not. He thought he was. For as he knew, there wasn't another one left. And God says what? No, there's 7,000 others right here in the country. Now what is that? Is that a revelation of something that the man of God could not have known? How would he have known that? What, what is this? Is this a manifestation of the Holy Spirit? What is it? Which one? Word of knowledge. How many... There are right now that are not worshiping Baal. And not some random number. 7,000 is a very specific figure. Right? How many believe that number was right? And here God is revealing it to a man. Could the Lord reveal a figure to you? Could he? Would you know it when he did? How would you know it? If you're waiting for a heavenly drum roll <laughs> and two angels appearing in front of you 
and going, and the number is. <laughs> Don't wait for that. Don't wait. Now, now the Lord does some spectacular things. This is that we're reading about. But you could go all your life and never have a spectacular thing like this happen. Wouldn't mean you're unspiritual. Wouldn't mean God didn't love you. Just mean you didn't need anything like that. And yet, you could have a word of knowledge, even about some specific numbers that just came to you, and you knew it, if you'd pay attention to it. I know we were up in Canada years ago, Phyllis, remember this, and uh, we're just waiting on the Lord, and the Spirit of God's moving, and, and the Lord gave Phyllis a word of knowledge about a woman in the service that had a bill, and she gave the amount of the bill. I mean, I remember the number. She gave the number, the, the dollars and the change. She said, somebody's got a bill, this amount, in your purse, and you hadn't had the money to pay it, and you're fretting over it. And uh, the Lord wants that to be paid. And so, well, Phyllis and I thought, well, we want to sow towards that. So we sowed, I don't know. Yeah, it was a few hundred dollars and change. We sold fifty, a hundred dollars. Somebody else said, I want to sow a hundred. Somebody else said, I want to sow a hundred. And I'm just like that. The money was there. So we said, okay, nobody looking around now. Eyes closed. <laughs> and if that's you, raise your hand. One woman raised her hand. We said, okay, well, after the service, you go see the ushers. And, and of course, the, she was the one new. And uh, let me tell you something interesting about that. I'm going to go on and preach then. Well, I kept feeling the crowd just wasn't with me. It was just like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever ministered before, but you can tell if people are with you or not. I mean, sometimes it's like uh, they got, to, got, got it in part with the emergency brake on. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to push a car like that. It's, and that's what it felt like. And finally, I just stopped. I said, what? What's the problem? And somebody from the back said, we want to get involved in that too. I said, what you want to give to that? Yes. I said, who else? My hands went up all over the place. I said, okay. All right. We passed the plate. It was way beyond her little bill. And after the service, we found out, sure enough, the woman had the bill in her purse. It was that amount. And she got I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars or more. Enough to pay the bill and more. She was visitor there the first night for her. She'd never been there before. They said she came back. <laughs> These kind of things happen to people who will pay attention to it. Who will listen for it. Now... The problem is that kind of thing has come to numerous Christians, but they did not regard it. They thought, eh, what is that? Why would I think that? This is the thing you've got to, we've got to train ourselves to quit ignoring and just pushing aside the things that come to us. We must learn to pay attention to them. I, there was an older couple. That ministered in the gifts of the Spirit that Phyllis and I had the privilege of, of being in some meetings with. This was back 30 years ago. And uh, this lady in particular, certain time in the service, 
she'd begin to get things about people. And, and I don't mean some goofy, weird stuff. I mean things that the Lord knew about people and wanted to help them in. And they had just, she told a story about, I thought it was very interesting. They bought a new travel trailer because this is how they ministered. They, one of these, I think it was like an Airstream type thing. Brand spanking new. They went out on their, uh, one of their first uh, meetings. And, uh, I'm, well, excuse me, I'm mixing two stories together. Let me tell this and then I'll tell that one. Before they got the trailer, they were driving to a meeting. And uh, they hadn't been to the town before, hadn't been to the church before. And some reason or another, they're running late. It's, it's Sunday morning. It's time to be at the service. And they can't find a church. So they're driving around and they're kind of anxious about it. And so they ask the Lord, Lord, help us. How does the Lord help us? The Holy Spirit is the helper. How does he help us? See, people are looking for an angelic appearance. They're waiting for an audible voice and and not paying attention to the help that's there 24-7. If he's inside you 24-7, you're already quite comfortable with him. Right? So when he ministers to you, it's not going to be like something new from the outside. You've been with him every day and night since you've been born again. He's in you. Right now. And she said it kept coming up to her. Stop and get a newspaper. And she respected these things enough to to, to suggest to her husband, you know, well, it, it came up to me. Stop and get a newspaper. And he thought, well, honey, we ain't got time to get a newspaper. We got to find the church. She said, I know it. So they drove around, drove around. Finally, she said, honey, it came up to me again. They've been doing this long enough. They just pulled into a place. Got any newspapers? Yeah, they had one. They got one. They brought it back to the car. Well, we got a newspaper. Now what? (laughs) Open it up. In the religious section, they had an advertisement that they were speaking. (laughs) And a map (laughs) of how to get to the church. (laughs) When would you have thought of that? But the Holy Spirit did. And then later when they got that trailer I was talking about. First trip they went out. They uh, went to a uh, one of these trailer parks where they could have a pad and electricity and plumbing and all that kind of stuff. And, and when they got there, this huge deluge came, rainstorm. I mean, it's just soaking everything. So he said, honey, you just sit right here. And, and, and the, the, park, the trailer park guy came out and helping him hook it up. And they hooked everything up. And, and then they got inside and, and, and flipped the switches. And no lights had come on. And... Uh, they got out and they worked again. They checked the fuse box. They're just getting soaked and, and, and on and on. And well, she's seeing them scurrying around and minutes are passing and passing. She said, Lord, uh, help us get this thing right. And she said, just came up in her, light bulbs. <laughs> the thought just came to her, light bulbs. And she thought, well, light bulbs. Now, tell me what light bulbs is. It's a word. It's a word of knowledge about something. If you don't respect what the Lord's telling you, if you don't take it seriously, you'll never find out what it's about. Finally, she rolled the window down, got soaked herself and hollered at her husband. He came and said, what? Rain's dripping off of him. She said, honey, I just keep getting light bulbs. Light bulbs? I know. That's what I get, light bulbs. 
Let me just stop right here. That doesn't mean that if you get an idea, everybody around you is supposed to stop and pay attention. (laughs) And also it means that if you get something and it's wrong, you need to admit you missed it. Did y'all hear me now? You need to admit that you didn't get something from the Lord. You just had a wild idea. (laughs) But finally they went in and sure enough, there wasn't a light bulb in the whole trailer. It was brand new. And the electricity had been on the whole time. (laughs) So they just screwed them in. They were good to go. Wonder how many problems we could avoid. How many things we could be spared. Get through quickly and easily. Not even have to deal with. If we'd just stop and ask him. Lord, what's wrong with this thing? I know a. We were going on a motorcycle ride some years ago, and I had worked late and got ready to go, and I started my bike up, and everybody's waiting on me to go, and we're going actually out of, out of state for a couple of days, and and uh, bike blew a fuse. Well, man, you know when everybody's sitting there waiting on you, and when you do all this troubleshooting, I'm, I'm not, you know, a motorcycle mechanic. I know how to do a few things, but I just stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, help me with this. What's wrong with this thing? Do you know that the Holy Spirit knows everything about motorcycles? Everything. Everything. He knows everything about automatic transmissions. He knows everything about pressure cookers and ranges and microwaves. He knows everything about everything. Do you believe it? I do. And so I got my seat off and I'm looking at the battery and and it kept coming up to me headlight. I thought headlight. So I looked at the headlight, well, it's there. And uh, so then I'm messing with the wires and time's going by and, and I'm getting a little frustrated. People are waiting on me and I said, Lord. And see, here's the problem. Sometimes people keep praying after he's already told you. And then people get all worked up and been out of shape. No, why won't you help me? Well, why didn't you listen the first time he said something? If you're getting frustrated, it's your own fault. Finally, I quit doing anything else, and I looked at that headlight, and I pulled off the trim ring. Sure enough, behind it, it was a wire touching the wire, and that was the only problem. Taped it up, and we're ready to go. <laughs> Phyllis and I were up in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, when I was learning how to fly one of the first jets that we had. And uh, it was late. Everybody's wanting to go home. And we came out and the weather was coming in and we had kind of a window to hurry up and get out before it got there. And I had been in school all day and I was tired too. And, and so the other mechanics, excuse me, the other pilots and the, the ground people had gotten the plane ready. It was sitting there ready to go, just start the engines and go. And so I came, I got in it and I asked them, I said, the, the, there was a, on the nose wheel of that airplane, you had to move the pin and reposition it for towing or for takeoff. For towing, they had it where the, the wheel would steer uh, a wide range. But in uh, steering, uh, it wouldn't move that way. But then if you didn't have the pin in, you didn't have any steering, which is a problem. And so I asked them, you, you check the pin. It came up in my heart. Did you check the pin? They said, yeah. 
The other guy said, I asked the line guy, do you check the pin? Yeah, they checked the pin. So we're in the, the plane. I'm buckled in. Door's shut. Everybody's waiting on us. And it came up to me again. Well, I, I, there's been times I've ignored it, but I'm learning. And I, I asked the other guy, I said, did you, did you see the pin? You checked the pin? By this time, they're looking at me funny like, this is the fourth time you've asked about the pin. <laughs> yes, they saw the pin. I checked the pin. Yes, the pin's in. So we start the engine. We're getting ready to go. Came up to me again about the pin. Well, I've been here before, and I've missed it before. And I don't like missing it. So I said, well, I don't care. I want to see the pins. <laughs> I shut it down. I turned everything off. I unbuckled it myself. I got out. And you know what? The pin was not in. Now, here's the thing. If the wind was blowing, and if it had caught us a real hard push against the side, crosswind, and it didn't have steering, we could have gone off the runway at 110, 15 miles an hour and crashed. And if the preachers had died, people would say, well, isn't that something? wonder why God didn't spare them preachers. God must have had some plan. Took them all in a fiery airplane crash. No, no, no. People think like this, they talk like this, but no, the question is, why didn't the preacher listen? This has happened over and over and over again where people ignored things, they overrode things because it was planned, people are waiting, there's this pressure, there's this. You've missed it like this, all of us have, but let's stop. Let's stop missing it like this and let's start paying attention. To what we get on the inside. And if we make a mistake. Now think about this. What would have been the harm? If I'd have got out and checked. And the pen was in. And it was okay. And I said well sorry guys. I missed it you know. There wasn't no reason to do this. I, I just I made a mistake. What would be wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. But what does it cost if it's right? And you don't take heed to it. Are y'all with me friends? Go with me to the second King six. Second King six and verse eight. The king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. This is not as a result of satellite surveillance. Or somebody that overflew the area and took pictures. The Lord revealed to this man of God where the enemy troops were staging and planning their attack from. A specific geographic location. And he told his king, and his king had enough confidence in him and what God showed him till he acted on it and shocked them. How did they know we were here? And then it happened again. Finally, verse 11, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? He said, we got a spy. We got a mole. And one of his servants said, none, my Lord. No, we don't. But Elisha, the prophet that's in Israel, is telling the king of Israel the words that you are speaking in your bedchamber. You're making plans in your bedroom. 
And he's getting them and telling them to the king of Israel. Somebody say word of knowledge. And word of wisdom. You're aware of something. Where it is. What it is. And this is not to show everybody how spiritual you are. It's for the benefit of the whole. To profit with all. And it's to glorify the Lord. And when the Lord shows you something. And it, and it turns out good results. If people want to give you the credit. Man. How did you know? You just go. Well you know you got to think. <laughs> if you don't want to get any more of those. That's how you act. What do you say? No no no. The Lord gave me that. I didn't figure that out. He gave it to me. He just, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have had a clue. But he just showed me. He just caused me to know it. Go to the New Testament and we'll, I think we'll close with this. The book of John. John chapter 4. You'll see these all through the Word of God. You'll see them in the Old Testament. You'll see them in the New Testament. You'll see them in Jesus' ministry. Is it true that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come? He'll take what is the Lord's and show them to us. He'll lead and guide us into all the truth. He'll bring things to our remembrance that the Lord has said to us. Is the Spirit's ministry to reveal things to us? To make things known to us? Do you reckon He's faithful to do His ministry? What's been the problem? Not heeding, not respecting it, not paying attention to it. Like I said, all of us have gotten things in the past and didn't pay attention to it. It's like a thought came to us. We were aware of it. It crossed our mind. I thank God I'm growing in this. Simple things. I mean, just this last couple of days. Some, it, it's happening all the time. You, you get used to it. But man, it's the way to live. It's the way to live. Uh, uh, There's something came up and I thought, yeah, I got to do that. And then I'm going to have to do this. And I started doing something else. And the Spirit of God prompted me and said, you'll forget that. Oh, I will. And at the time you think, oh, no, but you got to trust him now. If he says you'll forget it, that means you need to do something right now differently. And so then I made a change and I made an adjustment. And and then I checked my heart and I thought, "Uh, no, you'll, you'll get it now. You'll get it now. And little adjustments all through your day. Not depending on your intellect, not depending on your ability to remember and and calculate and uh, your smarts, depending on the greater one who's inside you 24-7. Somebody say, I got the helper living inside of me. He helps me night and day. He helps me in every way. John 4, are you there? John 4, Jesus was at the well of Samaria, and the woman came, and he's talking to her, and asked her for a drink, and and she's talking to him about different things, and finally he said in verse uh, 16, John 4, 16, he said, go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. She was just going to leave it at that. And Jesus said, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now has is not your husband. So just because you live with somebody, that doesn't make them your husband. 
In that saidest thou truly. Why five? Because that was the number. This is a word of knowledge, isn't it? This is what has been with you, and this is how it is now. And that was a sign to her, wasn't it? What's her next comment, her next phrase? I perceive you're a prophet. (laughs) Why? Because prophets from the Old Testament and through today saw things and knew things. But it's not so you could brag and go, yeah, I'm a powerful spiritual person. Oh, I'm aware. I just am aware of amazing things out here. And I'm seeing all kind of things about you. And I'm discerning. And Yeah, and you're full of baloney. (laughs) That is not how it works. Mm -mm. The gifts of the Spirit, the real thing, don't draw attention to the individual. They draw attention to Jesus. Are you listening, friends? They don't glorify a man or a woman about how amazing they are. They glorify the Word who is the Lord. You believe it, friends? And they're not just so you can try to say, I know something, I see something. It's to profit with all. It's to help somebody. Isn't it? It's for a benefit. For a help. He said, you, you said it right. You don't have a husband. Because you have had five. And the guy you with now, he's not your husband. Don't you know her, her mouth probably dropped. She thought, how did he know that? Well, word of knowledge. Same way you could know something. Or I could know something. If we'll learn how to pay attention. Go ahead, stand up with me, everybody. I want us to pray over this for a moment. Thanks be unto God, our helper, our guide, our teacher. Just close your eyes if you would and focus on Him. Pray it out loud. Say, Father God, I believe in you. I thank you for the wonderful gift, the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit what greater gift could you have given me than him the greater one who knows all forgive us for not paying better attention for not heeding not respecting not giving place when you spoke to us When you dealt with us. When you showed us things. Help us. To recognize. To distinguish. What is you. What's coming from you. A word of knowledge. A word of wisdom. Or any of these others. We purpose. To respect you. To respect them, to give heed, and to respond accordingly in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just keep your eyes closed. Everybody here, everybody in Branson, everybody on the internet, I just uh, 
uh, the Lord prompted me that there are individuals, many, listening right now, need to know things, things that have troubled, things that have hindered, things you need to know to make the right decision, things you need to know to stop dealing with that and move on. And so the Lord says, ask, ask me, and I'll show you. Ask me, and I will reveal it to you, and I'll help you with that. So everybody said out loud, Father God, I ask you to reveal to me those things I need to see in my life right now, those things I need to know about what's coming up tomorrow and next week and next month and the rest of the year. We're asking you in the name of Jesus to reveal it to us, to show it to us. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.